And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be like this feeling of loss, I guess, too, right? That's the thing that I think a lot of people associate with letting go is the, the loss and the drama of it, you know? And it can be so much more and it can be beautiful and it can be nurturing. It can be, it can give you back, you know, so much. You're listening to Conversations on a Sustainable Life with Libby O'Loughlin and Renee LaPlante. Here we are. Good morning, Libby. Good morning, Renee. (laughs) How are things today? Well, it's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. Because in the meantime, we've been uh, doing a bunch of other stuff related to our jobs. Yeah. And um, also the book that we're putting together. Totally. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's been fun. I'm enjoying it so much and I appreciate your wisdom and your guidance on the writing side. Oh, well, there's nothing like collaboratively writing something, I think, to really open up huge worlds of information and perspectives and yeah, it's a yeah. good thing. A good yeah, thing. totally. I'm really, really enjoying the process. There's so yeah. much in your brain. <laughs> That is going to be good to have out in the world in that format, I think. Well, likewise, there's Mm. plenty that you're bringing into and I love it. I love it. So we're excited to share it with our listeners as soon as possible. But, you know, we need a we need a good couple of months to get through this and Mm. make it good, make it excellent for all y'all. Um, yeah, so we've been working on that. We've also been really busy with our own businesses, haven't we? And I also managed to catch a cold in between and didn't really feel very, uh, uh, eloquent, let's say in terms of my voice and, Mm. you know, nasally sounds. So, um, yeah, so we're back and we, I think in that time, um, realized for both of us, that there is this, uh, there's a really important module, if you will, or a, a kind of part of this transition into sustainability that was kind of missing so far. Mm-hmm. And for both, I remember us talking about this, both of us do this work um, and we also <clears throat> find ourselves needing to repeat it from time to time um, in order to keep going. So we thought that would be really valuable for the listeners to kind of understand what that is, what is this mysterious thing that we're talking about. Yeah. And it's called letting go. Exactly. (laughs) Letting go. go. Yeah. And I like to think of it as making space for new things and well just for sustainability like we need to make space for this it's not something that just comes uh with more pushing and more layering on right Mm -hmm. to our our own existence and our own current lives um so i'm thrilled to be going through this with you because you're also really an expert in uh, and, and kind of have been a wise mentor to me on on some of these you know, techniques are just, you know, allowing ourselves, if you will, like giving us ourselves permission, um, by talking about it and by, you know, supporting each other through, um, moments of needing to let go. And yeah, I'm super grateful for that. So we well, hope I think we can. The temptation is always there, isn't it? To sort of say, oh, okay, I understand how that works. I'm just going to deal with that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's checked that box. Now we can move on. Mm-hmm. And yet somehow humans don't really operate like that because uh-uh. things, new things arise, our circumstances change, that the, the things around us are always shifting and mm-hmm. our the way we respond to things is always shifting. And so it's it'd be nice to sort of say, oh, well, I've dealt with that and that's lovely. Um, mm-hmm. But then when you put on the TV and you see another David Attenborough documentary about species oh, extinction, exactly. and all of a sudden you find yourself in floods of tears and you think, oh, I think I probably need to just take a bit yeah. of time here and acknowledge Absolutely. this and do some of these things that we're going to talk about. So Absolutely. And I've been having conversations with my family and friends on the West Coast recently and during all of those wildfires that have that are currently happening and you know just knowing the added layered on stress that that is causing and the um 
you know, they're already dealing with COVID and the, you know, and kind of the, the Black Lives Matter, like the, the protesting and kind of the frustration, right, that's built um, uh, around society in America right now. And that on top of, you know, not being able to go outside, um, it's being dangerous to breathe the air from outside, not being able to open your windows when it's super hot and muggy. Um, not being able to let in that evening fresh air that, you know, we all can, you know, appreciate and enjoy. And the, the irony here for me is really hard because what people need in this moment is fresh air, freedom, uh, being able to release and, um, and kind of, you know, take care of that home space. And when you're just so constricted, even by the, the air quality, like it's just, it's intense. And I just feel so much for all of my friends and family out there. And I know that it's starting to kind of shift and change and things are some places getting better and others not. Um, but that is hard. And, um, and that is also kind of standing in our way in some, in some time. So there are things that stand in our way, if you will, that don't allow us to really let go and kind of get outside and do our exercise or, um, you know, go out and play um, when we need it. And so I just really wanted to also recognize that that's happening mm -hmm. and that the sadness that comes for me, uh, that knowing that additional forest is being lost um, yeah. And, uh, you know, well, on top yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Please go ahead. Well, no, just on top of everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say that, that the, um, awareness that it's the day-to-day, -day, uh, living the, the needs that we have that need to be fulfilled and like the fresh air and all that stuff. This is the stuff that's in our face. And Australians went through this, obviously yes. starting at the end of last year. Yes, um, exactly. Um, and then, as you say, the this to distinguish, I guess, between the self care and the all of that stuff, and what we're talking about today, this letting go, because um, mm -hmm. that's that's something that we struggled with when we were a little bit when we were discussing it, wasn't it? Like, how do we sort of um, articulate what the difference is between the you know the day to day dealing with the needs, dealing with your own. Um, inner world and your communication and all of those sorts of things yep. that we talked about in an earlier episode mm -hmm. and then there's this kind of letting go which for me I think is sort of related to the, the future because yep. in in a sense we go through life and we have these not necessarily conscious necessarily but I'm, when we think about our kids and the kind of life that they're going to be having and you know mm -hmm. the this situation that we're in at the moment is like I've heard kids say, teenagers, young adults that are traveling in, in across my path, mm -hmm. saying things like, well, what's the point of going to university or studying or, you know, just what's the oh. point, that kind of thing. Mm. And that's, that's to me really heartbreaking. And that's, yeah. that's the sort of stuff that I think if we're going to make any kind of strides forward and to have an impact or on the, you know, to help people around us and to have an impact yep. on our own carbon footprint and, um, run businesses the way we want to run them. Those sorts of things, you have to acknowledge those sadnesses and yeah. you have to have to be able to let go in a sense. It's like a grieving process, I think, Yes. Um, of the potential future or, um, you know, the, the future that you think you might have been going to have mm -hmm. or that your children might have been going to have or that, that the, you know, the two billion animals that died in the Australian bushfires oh. are going to you know, somehow magically reappear again. Well, you know, those are the sorts of things that um, I think distinguish this kind of uh, grief and letting go from dealing with the day-to-day -day and how do we put one foot in front of the other yep. in order to take care of ourselves and be sustainable. So I don't know if I've made that kind of distinction clear. Yeah, or... I think so. And what I, what I hear you also touching on is, you know, there's this emotional letting go. And there's a physical letting go. Mm. And, you know, on the emotional side, you know, like something I'm, I'm very clear now when I um, experience like, am I doing, is this like a self-care need or is this a, I need to let go of something I've been holding on to, right? Mm. And and I, I would encourage, um, you know, uh, all of us to kind of start to see that sensitivity and get sensitive to ourselves and like what's happening there. Um 
you know, but on, in the emotional side, it kind of gets mixed together. And so um, I'll point out a couple things that um, I worked through when I was starting to make space for something new in my life. And um, that was mostly, I mean, there's two sides of it, right? But emotionally, that side was really about kind of even this um, expectation of what others are, are thinking they should get from me or what, or, or who I should be. Right. And so I, I did a lot of reflection around like my parents, my uh, family, what they kind of expected, who they expected Renee to be and how Renee should act and uh, had to do a lot of letting go of those expectations of others on me. And that's, we grow up with that and we um, all have it, whether we're, um, you know, pushing against it or accepting it or and integrating it into ourselves or simply um, not even necessarily aware yet. But that is part of what we're talking about here in, in terms of letting go. There's, there's lots of pieces of us that we have built into ourselves that emotionally might be holding us back. Okay. And, and when we let those things go, um, even like old infatuations or old paths that you of life that you thought you would take, um, things that you thought could happen, even, you know, like old romantic, uh, you know, relationships that were like, oh, you know, uh, like all of that stuff actually kind of keeps us uh, stuck in, in places and, and parts of ourselves where we can actually let go of those things. Those are really properly is super effective to let go of those and find rituals that allow you to do so. Mm, um, that's like clutter, really. Yeah, exactly. Like we have all have, have emotional clutter for sure. Um, it's, I mean, I can go on and on. There's a lot on the Facebook group, by the way, if you search for let's make space for change, that's kind of the title of it, but I'll just le- read off a couple you, other things. You mean your Facebook Hey, yes, maybe thank you. Can you. Just tell people what that is if they haven't heard that before. Yeah, thank you. There's um, with Decarbonista. I started a Facebook group last year and just um, was attempting to deliver parts of the workshop on the Facebook group just to like get the information out and and help people to kind of try to self lead through uh, the work from the work uh, the workbook and the modules. So letting go of things makes space for yourself to do new things. And so that's where I've addressed some of the internal things and the external things Mm -hmm. that we can all do and we can release. And so the idea is of releasing, um, and many, many things. And just a few examples that I put in there are those limiting beliefs about ourselves and what Mm -hmm. we kind of deserve in life, right. Or what we believe we should have been or should be for other people, or even for ourselves. Um, so those limiting beliefs is like super cool exercises mm-hmm. and we, that we, we can do. We did a worksheet on those, didn't we, as well? Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Also, those along those lines, there's like internal judgments that mm-hmm. don't serve us, right? Um, fears and worries, and that was part of that worksheet as well. And barriers that hold us back from being our true selves, so there's something, you know, in this theme, which is really about finding your true self and letting go of those things that we've artificially put up in our way because, you know, we're, it's like, we're not allowed to be our true selves. Um, and so it's again, giving that permission and allowing ourselves to break through those barriers and, and be also, okay. I, think, I, I need to, I need to inject this here because I, I think that there's also a part of this that's a little about n- not having the idea that there is a perfect ideal self there Ooh, that yeah. you can get to because um, part of the sort of compassionate work around this is being able to accept that you actually are who you are. Yeah. And like yeah. this, the concept of letting go doesn't mean that you suddenly become disembodied and um, this ideal kind of, uh, I, I can't really put that bit into words, but <laughs> you, you know, just, just the idea that there's still, your feet are still on the ground and your feet have still walked that path that you've walked. Yes. So, you know, there will be carbuncles and, <laughs> and yeah. blisters in certain places on your feet metaphorically. Yeah. And the idea is not to try and scrape those away or Correct. Um, make them into some kind of idealized 
foot fetish. <laughs> Where, how did we get here, Renee? <laughs> you did it, Libby, not me. <laughs> it's okay. We, you know, we talk about footprints a lot, so feet are yeah, good. we do. Feet we are do. fair game. That's okay. Um, yeah, and and I say I say that because having having done some of this work myself to to sort of let go and um, and it, it takes a certain amount of being able to look in the mirror and. Um, not uh, it, it's really about the now it's about being able to accept that this is the now and not let, yeah. not not try to sort of force yourself into the shape of something that you yes. think you might have been or all mm-hmm. of that is stories that are going on in your head so it's always about yeah. coming back to the now to the now to the now to be able to yeah. make those you know gentle steps forwards um, yeah, and and to relax into who you are and who you, you know, who you truly are, and to love and be accepting of that, and mm. like, and to know that that's a powerful person, mm. you know, that that is yeah, you know, that, that's who you are and who you want to be, you know, exactly, and all the all the steps that you've taken and the mistakes that you've made and the things that have happened to you that you didn't have control over, all of that actually makes you into who you are now. So the letting go part of it is really about being able to let go of the bits that aren't sort of serving you. Yes. Very good point. Thank you. Um, and Cute I also could point. say that I did a really great course with a, a coach who works on this kind of stuff called Sass Pederick. Mm-hmm. So I'll just put her link in the show notes in case people mm-hmm. are, are kind of circling around this stuff because um, yeah. I think it, it's um, it's not something you can solve overnight, but having some help along the way and a, a, like a, a sort of a container in which to do this work is really useful. Agreed. Yep. And uh, might I add that all of those things that I was listing are wise things from friends and teachers or coaches or mentors that Mm. I've learned over, you know, multiple years. And those people have blessed my life to give me those clues to that. Those are things that, that truly hold us back and we can actually release and this, there's this statement that I love so much, and I don't remember where it came from, whether it was a book or a song or something, but the statement is release to receive. Mm, I like it. Yeah. So that is how I like to approach this idea, this work of letting go is it isn't, it's, it's not fear-based at all. In fact, mm-hmm. it is a way to bring in other things, you know, and to make that space for what I wish for actually. And the, the things that I want to materialize and manifest, um, they, it doesn't come out of clutter, right? It comes out of space. It comes out of the emptiness. Um, yeah. And, and it comes out of a place of wanting to, and not having to, or needing to. Mm, I like it. Yeah. So that's also why I really love to encourage people to do this uh, letting go as part of their kind of climate change transformation because you you allow yourself the willingness and the desire to do things that you want and, and to take steps on the things you want to do. It's, this isn't a message of, you know, we all have to change for the climate. Actually, we don't have to. If we don't, then we just, we just continue dealing with the things that we are kind of aware that can now become reality, like those, those negative things. But if we want to, that's like a whole nother game. There's a whole nother opportunity, exciting, collaborative, like, uh, energy filled, um, yeah, way of, of working together and, mm-hmm. and transforming what we have in our hands. Mm. Yeah. So, so what about letting go comes up for you, Libby, when we talk about like the physical space? Yeah, so you talked about physical and I think it's good to be clear that this is like what I would call the external. Yes, thank you. Um, not to be confused with the physical body. Um, True. And I would say that it's absolutely no no accident that we have these incredible um, shows like Queer Eye or yeah. Marie Kondo doing her thing. 
um, that that have just emerged out of the collective um, Mm -hmm. to huge popularity and it Mm -hmm. really, really resonates with people. And I think it's precisely this um, decluttering thing that, Mm -hmm. that uh, it just, it's just no accident. (laughs) I think. Absolutely. It's part of, it's like puzzle piece in all of it, isn't it? Yeah. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean that, but in all, in all of that, the, the internal is always addressed as well as the external. So yeah. um, Yeah. It's very interesting how they're interconnected, but even just making small changes in the external environment can have a huge impact on shifting something, allowing you to shift something on the internal because it just gives Mm -hmm. you a different perspective. So that's my initial first thought. Awesome. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I can share like some personal stories about what I started doing once I was re- when I realized the opportunity I had to let things go in order to receive, right? And um, I mean, that word receive might have like this overtone of like I'm waiting for somebody to give me something, which yeah. is not the way I approach it. By the way, it's like me, you know, for me, I'm like waiting, not waiting, but I'm like opening up the space and seeing what you know the universe brings, right? And I'm yeah, and you don't I, have to accept it. You can say no, that's not the thing I want to receive. That's the thing yeah. that I want to watch go by and appreciate that it goes by. <laughs> totally. I love that. Um, yeah. And, and so just in terms of like kind of the physical or the external space, I gained a lot of energy to clean out old things and for that matter, to actually move apartments from a bigger footprint to a bigger floor plan to a smaller apartment. And yeah, and so that was also, it, it had a huge impact on my footprint, actually, my, you know, carbon footprint, because the f- smaller your space, your physical living space, um, the less you need to heat it, yeah. uh, the the less you're um, kind of accumulating stuff into it, right? Because we like to fill space with stuff. Um and uh, there was, you know, less electricity, less light bulbs, less uh, machines that are running or computers or, you know, kind of devices running about and plugged in. And yeah, so cables. that, yeah, exactly. Um, that activity of realizing that I could get rid of stuff, I could release things, from physical things from my life. Um, was really an opportunity and it it came with this whole work. So um, it's really important for me to say out loud, though, that I am a kind of a, a... a keeper. Like I love keeping things because I see value in everything. So, you know, my daughter's old, uh, I'll just say, you know, her little, like they call them nushies here in Switzerland. Yeah. They're these little cloth square cloths that you get with babies. You know, you don't get them when you have a baby, but you buy <laughs> them. Practically. And now it comes, it's a spit up rag, basically. Um, yeah. These things, like, you know, they're, for me, I'm, I don't, I haven't thrown them away. You know, they're useful. They're like, I can use them as dust rags. I can use them to cover my microphone for the podcast, you know. Renee, can um, I tell you something? Can I admit something? Of course. So my daughter is 21. Mm-hmm. My son is 18. Yeah. When my son was born, 18 years ago, one of my friends, you got a new she no I'm kidding yeah she made me these um cloths that are like cleaning cloths uh-huh. for, around the house or for just just however you want to use them they're beautiful Aww. she handmade them oh. and they're gorgeous um I still have two of these out of the three Aww. and it's not because I haven't cleaned my house because I have I just use other things for that but still use them and I'm going to keep on using them until I die and in fact I'm still using my son's diapers like the not the disposable yeah, ones of course sure. the cloth ones that I used to use and wash yeah. and whatever I was still using those for like mopping my floors because yeah I, I like to like get down there and scrub because yeah. a it's good exercise <laughs> totally <laughs> and, and b it's uh it's I don't know I just find it better than um using an actual I don't know why I do that, but so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I, I understand this, uh, yeah. holding onto things thing for if they're yes. functional it, and it, somewhat, you know, the sentimental, right? Like, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's clearly a very beautiful story behind those rags and, you know, I, that is, that for me is the hardest part. So I have a bookshelf 
had a gigantic bookshelf full of things and you know taking time to go through those books was very mm. hard and very emotional for me and to accept that some of those books I wasn't going to read or some of those books were just not useful for me really and they weren't really going to add value to my life anymore and mm. um, a lot of them by the way were like language books because I've st spent a considerable amount of my life trying to learn other languages so that I can communicate in other uh, communities and so going through that process of letting go of those books, you know, it took quite some time. Um, but just to let them go, I had to have a real meaning and a purpose for where they would be let go to. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't just put them in the a free bin outside, yeah. not all of them, and just say bye-bye. You know, like I actually also had to know that they were going into hands that would value them. So talk about a person who, you know, if you want to talk to this person who has difficulty, like, letting go like I have to also mm -hmm. kind of in some ways micromanage where it goes in order to feel good about it oh, and that but but going through that process allowed me so added so much meaning mm -hmm. to my life because there were things like I discovered on our um our ex-google or rather our, our spouses of googlers mailing list that there's a woman who is collecting books language books specifically for people who are in prison who are actually you know trying to improve their lives and kind of get ready for um coming back out into society mm -hmm. and so i donated my language books to that cause and you know again just for some like small gesture um and and you know to meet that woman and say thank you for doing that um i got so much in return to know that that effort and, and kind of my own journey of learning languages was, you know, transferred over to somebody who's truly needy. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, I've done that with, you know, clothes from my daughter. Um, there, I have put some things out in the free box also out on the street, it, it, you know, for the neighborhood mm -hmm. people. Um, and that's super fun to like, see, yeah. you know, oh, like between me and my neighbors, we actually swap a lot of funny things actually. Uh, <laughs> so it, it, that doesn't quite solve the purpose, but the, I just like, you know, in some ways this can also be an incredibly meaningful activity mm -hmm. and want to, you know, kind of use that story just to share how encouraging it was for me to know that not only can I reduce my carbon footprint, but I can also add value to other people's lives. And that releasing is also giving me something really beautiful in return. Mm, that's, I, um, what I love about this is, is how um, antithetical, I think is the word I want, to this idea of um, uh, efficiency. Yeah. And, get it you know like the box checking 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 thing you know like they're well i'm gonna get rid of this i'm gonna get rid of that and to be frank there are times in our lives where that irritation that feeling that mm -hmm. emotion that arises that's irritation with the environment or frustration and all that sort of thing it some of sometimes it requires a very quick dealing yes with, you know yes they like rip the band-aid off exactly and i and I think it's probably just the, the question there is probably just, is this one of those situations or is it, can I approach this as a kind of um, an exploration and an adventure and something to yeah. while away the time? Because if, if this pandemic has taught me anything, it's like how I view time is very different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, for sure. And I think um, anything that gives us something that's... Uh, a little adventure into exploration it might lead us to a different aspect of life that we hadn't like you probably wouldn't have chatted to that woman about the the yeah. books and the prisons and all that stuff well it's an opportunity to do something like that right and, absolutely um, and it doesn't so, have yeah. to be it doesn't have to be like this feeling of loss I guess too right that's yeah. the thing that I think a lot of people associate with letting go yeah is the, the loss right. and the drama of it, you know, and it can be so much more and it can be beautiful mm. and it can be nurturing. It can be, it can give you back, you know, so mm. much. And I'm going to share a quick story, which is not quite like yeah. that, which is uh -huh. when, I, when I tossed my notebooks that I'd been writing in for yeah. I don't know how many years. And when I say tossed, I, 
conscientiously recycled the okay. within and <laughs> so I didn't just burn it. Although I think it can be useful to do those kind of big acts where you're burning oh, things yeah. or burying them or I mean I've done that before where I've uh-huh. written, written something on paper and then I've ripped it up and buried it in the forest because I wanted wow. to get rid of it. Um but with the with the notebooks that I was writing, I um I was hanging on to them for ages and ages, I guess, and there were certain, you know, parts of of the last couple of years you know there are always challenges and mm-hmm. you, you I don't know for a lot of people I think writing is a really good tool to to work through things um mm-hmm. and I, I I don't think it's any accident either that in um you know the artist's way which I talked about also in um dealing with internal sustainability it, mm-hmm. one of the ideas is to just write stuff down and and chuck it mm-hmm. so that you get good at just writing stuff down and chucking it and not hold that on would to be it. hard for me <laughs> <laughs> well maybe that's a challenge for you before next episode <laughs> seriously yeah I don't even want to show you the, what my desk looks like right now uh, but no that's so cool and yeah it, it's also I suppose um a bit of a habit right where we if you do get good at writing something and then throwing it out um it, it you desensitize yourself, or you know, over oh, absolutely, and you don't get multiple so pre- times, especially if you're a writer. It's a really good practice because you just oh, yeah. it's like all your darlings are going out the window. By the way, I've thrown out the first draft of our book. You don't mind? Do no. <laughs> Did you delete the Google file? No. No, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to you. I'm just playing with you. Thank you. How will I ever find my way? <laughs> No, no. But when I threw out the diaries, that was a, that was or the journals or whatever they were. It was more of a case of because I get I get excited about ideas, and I think, yeah. I think it's a common practice for people to hold on to ideas as well, you know, and collect these oh, thoughts sure. and kind of to make it's making sense of the world, right? Oh yeah. And um and then I got to this point where I was just like, you know, if I if I try to reapproach that thought that I wrote down in that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be with very different eyes because I'm now, you know, nearly 50. Yeah. Whereas when I wrote that, I was, what, I don't know, 40 or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so I sort 40. of thought, what? <laughs> what? Those 40s. Oh. I know, those young 40-year-olds. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> showing my age. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have to let go of this, Renee. <laughs> yeah. Me no, too. So when I them, coming. I, I, just to sort of tithe off this very circuitous story, just to say that I kind of looked at those books and I just had this moment where it was it was fairly clear that I didn't need to do anything particular with it. I just was like, eh, okay, I don't need those. I've got mm-hmm. and, and it's, it was about sort of trusting that I can move forward with whatever new ideas I have, and if I need to look something up, I can because hey, we've got the internet, so. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. There's so many things on the internet now. Woo. I mean, you can find anything you want, actually, except your own notes, your own notes. <laughs> I have to keep those on my desk. No, I'm teasing. Um, now you're going right, to so definitely the rant teach me. Rant. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's good because it's, I think it's really natural and healthy for us to recognize that we all hang on to stuff and you know that we are all human that way it's Mm. super it's it's super normal um and one thing that I wanted to come back to and you said it really before about how we are um you know there's we've lived these past lives we've you know walked our paths and and we've kind of become Uh, who we are today because of all that stuff. And so it's really hard to kind of let go of all that stuff because it's like, then who we are we, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and doing a career pivot like I have um, when I left Google was one of those moments in time for me when I was really coming back to like, I had to like revisit everything to like write my CV and get myself kind of like caught up to date with, you know, who I was and what I had to offer the world. And, um, and yet Uh, there's a really cool saying that I learned in doing a lot of investigation and learning about the financial industry, uh, because I've been trying to shift my investments into sustainable investing. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that you will always hear from the financial industry, which I think is really wise for every industry, every person and every angle of our lives 
is past performance does not guarantee future performance or success. <laughs> right? Yep. So this is like mm, so yeah, that's, so that's smart and so important for us to realize when we are letting go of like all that past stuff, like, you know, it is not a guarantee that anything that we used to do, any process that we used to follow, any, uh, you know, past uh, approach that we used is that guarantee. And, um, and that knowing that and kind of coming to terms with that and sitting with that and accepting that for me has been a huge boost to my letting go. And, and again, also being able to let go of physical items, external items, um, notebooks from work, um, Mm. you know, the, all the, the stuff that I kind of have been kind of assuming was going to be the way forward. Right. Um, and how did it affect your, uh, definition of success as well? Ooh. I'm curious around that one because sometimes yeah. sometimes that's a, that changes with everything else. Yes, that's a really good question. Do I have a good answer to that? Um, you can tell us in the next episode. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you know, I mean, success. Yeah, success is a lot of dimensions for me. So I think I'm gonna have to think about that one a little. Oh, yeah. um, but in the letting go process, success mm-hmm. to me has become the being able to sit in the space of emptiness and embrace the unknown and to genuinely come to that point of awareness that every step, literally every second that we advance into our future, which is kind of the present unfolding, right, is a step into the unknown. And, and that is absolutely true with climate change, because we don't know how this is going to work out for anybody, for ourselves, mm-hmm. for the financial you know, markets, for our businesses, um, for our health, for our children, and um, embracing that unknown and being able to step into every new moment with trust and confidence that we're safe and we can handle what comes to us, mm. that's where that statement of, you know, past performance does not guarantee future performance or success. That's yeah. where that brought me. It was into that um, awareness and that acceptance. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's actually kind of a, a, a part of a book that I want to read and share with everybody. And, and you, Libby, I know I've talked about Thich Nhat Hanh before and what an um, impression his uh, work has made on me. And I was hoping I could just read a little excerpt from his book that that kind of bridges that kind of letting go and the acceptance, the emptiness and the acceptance that it all brings and why this is so important to our climate um, challenge and and to addressing it and to be to be exponentially effective mm. at coming up with solutions and working together and driving change in the direction that we all need to and want to go. So is it okay if I read yeah a little section of this? So it's from his book um, called The Other Shore, which is the new translation of the Heart Sutra. And he has lots of lovely commentaries. And I'll just read a, one paragraph. It's on page 71. So, But I highly recommend reading the whole book because it'll make more sense, obviously. But the question is, now that we've you know come to that, that space of emptiness and, and knowing that the future is truly unknown, um, what is to be done? That's his question. And here's what he says. We have to accept reality as it is. Once we are freed from the fear and the terror of our civilization being destroyed, we will know exactly what to do. We will be able to come together and apply the solutions available to us in order to save our planet. So it's a really small part of of a really beautiful picture that I wish everyone had, you know, with them and, and could read. Um, but I want to bring that out because we're, you know, all that letting go, like, let's say all the holding on, all the holding on is doing is keeping us from 
coming up with the most amazing solutions mm -hmm. that we can. And, um, and for that matter, becoming ourselves and doing what we're supposed to do here on this planet, on this path, right? For each other, with each other, for our families, with our families, um, as in the various roles that we all play. Um, I really, you know, see when we're holding on and myself, especially when I'm holding on, that it's just keeping me from something that is even more amazing. Yeah. Which is all in the unknown, I guess, if, if, mm -hmm. if someone hasn't heard that this, that this can be the case, you know, because it sounds quite fanciful if you're mm -hmm. um, someone who's dealing with the, you know, the, the bushfire smoke and the this and the that. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, it's comforting to hear those words mm -hmm. because it does take us one step closer to to letting go, I think, even just hearing those kinds of words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. And it has for me, yeah, it definitely has for me. Mm. So... Um, I'm just thinking there are there are a lot of different directions we could go here because part of this um I mean we could give some some I don't know some exercises or something do you have something in particular you wanted to bring up that was helpful when you were thinking through this or I th I suppose that you know I'm kind of in the business of helping people let go, let, like organizations let go um, by kind of identifying who they are as a company, as a culture and as, as a group. And then, you know, in order to reach their goals um, and reach their, you know, business goals and also their kind of aspirational personal goals, mm -hmm. there's always some mix of stuff that's kind of in the way to, mm -hmm. to do that well as a team. And so, um, so I like to... Uh, I, I think I take a very custom approach to this and that's why for me coaching is such an important part of my work and um, kind of what I offer to the world. Mm -hmm. um, but that said, maybe there is something that I can still develop or, you know, we can work on and, and kind of add into the book, for example, that is that are some exercises that will give um, people that chance to you know, release. And it's maybe, um, you know, other than these clues that we've kind of dropped here in terms of the things you can let go, it's like, but how, right? Um, yeah, not, well, so, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that, you know, one thing that's worked for me personally very, very well is a, a type of meditation where it's a, it's a conscious, um, essentially, I imagine a fire and I, take all those things that I, I, I'm not sure if they're things that are helping me or are harming me. And I kind of gather them up and I throw them into the fire. And then I allow the fire to transform it into whatever it can become or whatever it, it should and could become next for me. Um, so that's, mm. that's kind of like a visualization of like all the stuff, if you will. And um, I find, and I try to do that pretty regularly when I notice I'm kind of hitting up against something that's just keeping me stuck. Um, so that's uh, like one very simple example, but there are so many techniques out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. So what I like about that one that you've just mentioned is that you're doing something with it as well, because a lot of the, you know, like going out into the forest and burying your words or, mm -hmm. or actually burning them. Mm -hmm. um, the helpful part of it is is that that second or the the next part of it, which is transforming it into something else. Yes. Um, and that's the bit that I, I think is worth tacking on. If you're mm. if you're someone who really just wants to be rid of stuff and be rid of stuff, that's a good first step. And mm -hmm. the next step is well, what do we do with what do I do with that now that. Um, mm -hmm. And that I think that's sometimes it's good to get other people in on that part. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so, for example, when I did 
a particular um, clearing, I guess you'd call it. Mm -hmm. Afterwards, I realized that I didn't actually have enough support in order to move forward mm -hmm. with my intention. So gotcha. yeah. I instinctively found someone um, and she ended up sort of coaching me through some stuff, which was, which was perfect. Like, it, but I mean, I listened, had to listen to myself to sort of say, hmm, I, I know I have this intention and I've, yeah. I've cleared this stuff, but, but now what? And that's, mm -hmm. I, I really do think it's worth getting other people on board when you're doing that level of stuff. Um, that, yep. Well, one thing I was going to say that is quite useful is going back to this idea of being able to articulate things. Um, mm -hmm. And we did talk a bit about um, communication and uh, using the, the uh, being able to name your emotions mm -hmm. and being able to um, just recognize what it is that's really going on. And sometimes mm -hmm. when we name something, we can see it a bit better. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's the other way around. Maybe we see it and then we name it. I'm not sure. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's one step towards being able to um, to sit with something. So yep. that if you're very clear on what the emotion is and you might, you, you might want to work out how it got there or what triggered it or whatever. Maybe not. It doesn't, it's not necessary for everyone to do that mm -hmm. digging. But the mm -hmm. fact is, what is it now? And let it yeah. kind of work its way through you because yes. as we mentioned in like whatever that episode was at two or three where we were talking about in inner sustainability how you know it's 90 seconds for the emotion to pass through you or whatever yeah exactly um just take that that moment i think it's worth sort of clearing a bit of space for yourself to do this too to, to just to really sit with stuff um yep. and and really experience that that emotion with the name that you've given it. Totally. And, totally. There's, yeah. Um, and, and sometimes when you're naming something, it, it comes with a whole bunch of other senses because mm -hmm. we're, you know, we're not just um, a brain. Mm -hmm. We, you know, we're a whole body. So mm -hmm. sometimes you might have, it might have a particular flavor or something that comes with it. Yeah. Or, a smell um, or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. a smell or, or a, 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 you know, even a memory that comes with it or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the point being that there's not really one cut and dry way to do this, but it's, it's again, worth experimenting with how you can um, work with what you've got and what your body is able to tell you that mm -hmm. you may not have actually realised that it can tell you as well. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of that body effect, I, I don't know a lot about it, but for sure there is something about how our bodies kind of like hold on and take in things from our experiences, right? And then like they can sometimes manifest as pain. Mm -hmm. And when those pains are kind of reoccurring or in a certain spot or, you know, it's it's kind of this calling that like, you know, it's it's kind of become big enough that it wants you to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And um and, you know, I don't know where again where these techniques have come from, but like there's a technique that I learned at some point perhaps from a masseuse or something of like visualizing and going like into that spot that hurts. Like, mm. you know, you like kind of make your way there and you kind of like, you know, walk over to it and you're like, Hey, what's going on? And you kind of have a conversation with it and, yeah. you know, you, you kind of work out what is, what am I holding on to there mm. and how can I release it? Yep. You know? Yeah. And, and you can talk to physiotherapists and people who are somatic sort of body workers that yeah. they'll say that, Sometimes even just, you know, someone might just lie on the table um, and the act of lying down is enough to trigger um, some kind of emotional response wow. because really? th they know that they've walked into a safe space or whatever. And yeah. So, I mean, it's really not, I mean, that sounds a bit anecdotal, but really just to say that we <laughs> it's a big mystery, but yeah. there's, there's some... There's some kind of um, communication going on, I guess, throughout sure. the body. And, um, yeah. 
Yeah, and a great reminder that, you know, there are professionals out there that are um, trained in helping work through those things, right? Are mm-hmm, helping you mm-hmm. facilitate the release, right, in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you don't feel like you can do that with your family or your partner or your coworker or, um, you know, you're, you're just going on a run or whatever, whatever things, you know, tools you've tried already to be able to let go. And, you know, you, you've attempted things like, you know, consult an expert and, and find out because they're, you know, they're gifted in those things and um, they want to help people heal, you know, and help people move yeah. through and, yeah. and, and move also, I don't into think, their I don't think amazingness, you know? Exactly, exactly. And there's, um, there's absolutely, I mean, I would be surprised if, if people weren't having the kind of um, reactions and, and responses in this particular moment that we're living in. Um, right. And, and because we sort of just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other, we do sort of shove a lot of stuff down and don't... Yeah. And, 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 and then it sort of explodes or, you know, you start weeping about things and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I mean... Mm-hmm. That's all perfectly normal stuff. So I don't, I mean, I think we're a little bit, um, we're sort of trained to think that one must, well, I think in most Western cultures, it's fairly, Mm. oh, I don't know. I mean, there are certainly, um, excuse me, I just whacked the table there. Oops. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What are you, what are you trying to say, Libby? (laughs) I'm just trying to make my point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, certainly some Western cultures are more demonstrative and um, yeah, that's you know, true. On emotional on the surface, so to speak. Um, so but, true. Um, but and Switzerland often, is not the place mm, where no, and in the UK demonstrative. It's yeah. Lip and yep. Australians just shovel stuff under the carpet, and if she'll be right, Americans mate. just work <laughs> right through it and. <laughs> and we're making some extremely what other stereotypes, stereotypes can, we, <laughs> can we pull out of this uh, the Spaniards party no I'm kidding yeah. but uh, yeah you're right the, like can I just point out that like you know you said it a couple times and I want to just like say it again for our listeners and be like you know it's okay to cry about this stuff <laughs> can we just yeah. say that like yeah. the the thing that I um you know was given permission to do from again one of my you know past coaches and and wonderful wisdom givers Heather uh, Bruce Allison who's I've spoken of before is to um that crying actually can be healing so don't be afraid of that don't be like it's actually great when you allow yourself to cry Uh, And I cry, you know, about the forests, like, or about, you know, struggle that I perceive and um, not for myself necessarily, but even on behalf of other people. And, you know, I've always been allowed to cry because I was raised a woman. I'm American, like for whatever reason. And I I was always okay with crying. I even cry in movie theaters during a movie. Um, My family thinks I'm a little bit over the top sometimes, but that's, it's okay because, you know, I move through it and I release it right as a result. Mm -hmm. So I want to give everybody permission to cry and you can do it wherever you feel comfortable doing it. And if it's in the privacy of your own room, like still do it. Um, because that will bring you somewhere else. It will absolutely um, allow you to feel and allow you to go through instead of pushing it down or keeping it in or, you know, assuming that it's not accepted. Yeah, and, um, then, and then actually I would also say, and then take a look at it. Am I, are these tears actually sad or what's the emotion attached to this? Yeah. Because sometimes tears can also be um, a sign of, underlying anger or yeah. um, frustration. There's so many variations oh my of goodness. why you might be crying. So it's, I mean, it's great to cry. And then afterwards, it's really great to go, hmm, what was I crying for? Oh, I was yeah. just really, really happy to see my child. Or I don't know. Totally. Whatever. It could be anything. Exactly. So. Exactly. But that, that crying is actually a release. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that is a release that is my, you know, best friend is laughing. 
right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we can also laugh through things. And like, we laugh a lot, like humans laugh a lot, especially when they're uncomfortable. Um, and, but like, I would again, like encourage the, the laughter and the like, laugh about some of this stuff. It's just, it is laughable. And sometimes the, the ridiculousness of the situation we're in, mm-hmm. you know, and, yep. um, it can be ironic laughter, you know, it has all those shades and flavors as does crying, um, that you can laugh. Um, and, but just again, allow yourself that mm-hmm. and, and knowing that that is also moving you through to a new place as you experience those emotions and, and are able to release mm-hmm. the laughter, release the crying, release the, you know, frustration and, and, um, mm-hmm. into again, acceptance mm-hmm. and getting, get, catching up with yourself in that moment and saying, my moment is here now. And now I move forward. Now I, now I act consciously. I do what I can. I, you know, mm. I, th- that is what allows us actually to be um, action oriented and empowered. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I love it. By the way, there is a hysterical Instagram video that came out. I don't know, two days ago or something by these Irish guys. There's three men who've done a video on um, Mother Earth um, berating her son for having found coal in his pocket. And it is it is, it is so good. Like if anybody has particularly a teenager, luckily I've not had to like go through this issue yet, but it is so good about how like they just nail it about, you know, you, I found coal in your pocket, son, you know, what is this, you know, and like, do you, don't you know, it's damaging you and like, it is hysterical. So I encourage everybody to find it. I will totally link it in the show notes because I can't remember their names off the top of my head. It's kind of a funny name that they chose. Um, yeah. So like get your hands on some good laughter as well and it will be Mm. the healing and the therapy we all need again to keep going and sustain ourselves yes okay (laughs) looking forward to seeing that one yeah it's so good it's so good i'll pop it to you after the chat uh, into chat after this episode yeah good so here we are i think those were all the points that i had hoped only one thing i wanted to add which is this idea about you know zero waste and the minimalist Ooh, yeah. movement, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this idea about form over function, and uh-huh. and you know how much is too much to clear out, sort of thing. You know, like when does it Ooh. when yeah. does it become joyless? And Ooh. you know what? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it does because I think some people do really genuinely enjoy a completely stark environment. Um, for sure and obviously they have their reasons and needs there being met by that environment mm-hmm. um yeah but it, i just there's something in there that i just think is um interesting and and this idea of not wanting to use any resources yeah. and and it's it like it seems like the 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 fear around it become can become um i don't know it unproductive or yeah what i think that it gets into these debates about what what what's worthy of 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 our use to use you know like how do we draw the line between what we should be using what we can be using Mm -hmm. um good point and yeah and waste as well like you know is it is yeah. it realistic to think that everyone can be completely waste free the way the world yeah. is right now? Um, yeah. We certainly need people to be setting an example that that it is possible, and yeah, um, yeah and showing the pathway to to do it. Yeah, exactly, right. That's also exactly. that's super valuable. And for me, you know, the, what it boils down to is that data, right? So, what is the impact that I'm getting by spending my energy on being zero waste? versus spending my energy on just not booking that one flight right Right, right. and that one flight is you know if it's a if it's a european flight so to and from you're probably going to spend about 500 kilograms of of uh, co2 and if it's zero waste if you're going to live your life zero waste you might literally um, save the exact same amount 
500 mm-hmm. kilograms or maybe 700 mm-hmm. if you were really a big, big wasteful, you know, big yeah. average waste person. Okay, but then let me let me just say, just say that person living zero waste has scope one, two, and three emissions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, in in a in a social sense, like yeah. the people that they're impacting. Maybe their 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 footprint is much smaller because the people around them, in their scope three, yeah, are are um, also reducing because they're setting a good example. Do you know what I mean? Like the, you can the data can only go so far in that sense, right? For sure, for sure. And zero waste has much bigger impact than just the the displacement of the actual garbage that you're yeah. you know, throwing away or, or burning, right? It's also because you've rejected the thing from the beginning to come into your life and you're not throwing it away that you know so it has zero waste has a much bigger um impact and it's very intricate um and yeah but it's also my point is like where are you applying your effort right and so if you're gonna apply your effort apply your effort to scope one and two and we should probably send a link in the show notes of like whatever we're talking about scope one two and three is kind of it's a very technical um way of describing where your um co2 or your greenhouse gases are coming from in your you know life slash business slash scope of control um so yeah scope three is kind of everything that is non-energy related right and, well, and scope non- two is energy um, okay scope, scope one is your direct production isn't it and scope two is correct energy and scope three is your um uh like partner suppliers and the impact of the products that are going out into the homes of the it's sort of like the things that are at, quote unquote out of your control Yes, exactly, exactly. And that's usually the stuff we're consuming, right, mm-hmm. if you think of it at the individual level. Um, so, to- yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's... So I think they're called, like, all direct emissions of the scope yeah. one. Yeah, yes. Scope two is uh, scope two and three are both indirect emissions. Correct. But exactly. um, scope two is electricity and energy and that sort of thing, and scope three is the other indirect ones. Yep, exactly. Anyway, and I think there's a, there's a Wikipedia page, I'm sure, that I can find and link to. Exactly. Yeah, so let's do that. And then people can start to kind of like see, oh, where do, you know, where do my personal actions fall in here? Because that's really a business, those are um, business yeah, terminology, right? Yeah, and I was just right? using the, the, um, the, the parallel, if you like, just yeah. to sort of think about it in those terms. Because I think in many cases we and we've talked about this before in other episodes how the actions that we do in our everyday life and the mm-hmm. changes that we make have a huge impact on the people around us exactly and so that's the stuff that's actually a little bit hard to measure but mm-hmm. as you say it's an energy question or like um you know where do you want to be focusing what do you want to be focusing on yeah um because yep. that's where your energy is going to go so yes absolutely goes energy flows yeah, yeah. And in, and I commend and love anyone who has managed to embrace minimalism and, and oh, yeah. uh, the zero waste and everything. Yeah. And I'm slowly making my way in that direction. Um, it, the fact is, is, you know, at the end of the day, like the way I kind of think about this is if we boil it all down and we all become Buddhist monks, right, that live off of such little, you know, but they live off of like, you know, very small amounts of food, very small amounts of material goods. Um, you know, they, they just live off of goodness. Like if I can really make a giant stereotype and generalization yeah. about that, um, goodness and love, right? Like, I mean, that's the, if you will, the lowest impact lifestyle anybody could have. Um, and yet like we know we're not there yet. And so like, don't set that as your goal, you know, set, set yourself achievable, um, incremental steps and saying, I want to go zero waste. That's a huge goal. That's like, Ooh, I want to be a Buddhist monk, you know? And so the question is like, go for the impact first, um, focus on things that really are in your scope that you can really truly change. And again, make progress and, and keep going and let things go, knowing that it will Im, in bring in so much more to you in your mm, life. Mm, mm. And um, the only thing that's slightly missing out of this equation, I think, is yeah. where does beauty fit in and <sighs> the joy yeah. of design and um, 
you know, beautiful books or beautiful art or mm, cre- yeah. humans' creations that yeah. are objects, objets d'art, you know, like mm-hmm. things that we that we appreciate in our daily lives that are just, like, beautiful to look at. And, I mean, that's just, that, there's no really, I'm not really saying anything other than the fact that it's sometimes those things bring joy as well. So, mm-hmm. um Totally. Yeah, it's the oh, for, form, and, form and function debate, which everyone falls on a different part of that spectrum. I mean, in terms of how how tuned in they personally are to certain, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the visual design world or um, mm-hmm. the function of something or the, mm-hmm. I don't know, just... But we yeah. have eyeballs in our head, right? So <laughs> even just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a beautiful part of, of, of being human that we appreciate the things mm-hmm. that are um, beautiful. So Absolutely. And beauty is so much around surrounding us and constantly like calling out to us. And it's like whether or not we're noticing it, right? Like I feel like it, like the like nature is like, hello, I'm over here. Look at me, how gorgeous oh, I yeah, am today. And yeah. sometimes we just like walk right by it. And we're like, whatever. Or else we, you know? go, or else we <laughs> say, yes, that's nice. Now I'm just going to represent you on a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like, oh, go, just go enjoy that. What is there right now, you know? Yeah. It's so funny what we do. We do we do a lot of that, yeah, visual representation thing. Yeah, yeah, but I love that. I mean, I'm just all about. Uh, I love, um, yeah, just beautiful postcards with beautiful patterns. Mm-hmm. And, blah, 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 whatever. I, I could. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm staring at one right now on my desk. <laughs> it's an orchid postcard of an illustration. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Yay! Anyway, well, I am thinking note, we are wrapping it up we're today. And I love this episode. I'm glad we did this. It's really allowed me to do yet another round of letting go. Oh, and yay. Yeah, it's yeah. a good cathartic experience. Isn't it? Exactly, exactly. And we hope the <laughs> listeners got as much out of it as we did. Yeah. So thanks for being here, everyone. Yes, thank you. All right, and, until uh, next until time. Until next time. Woohoo. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Links are in the show notes. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with your family and friends. We can all do this sustainable life thing together. And don't forget, we have a mailbag and would love to hear from you. Let us know what your challenges are and what's been helpful. Email us at sustainablemailbag at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.